Welcome to the HU Pirate Ship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. You can also find us on all social media platforms, including SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. And subscribe for new episodes and content alerts. And now, on to the show. Go Pirates! It's episode 85. I'm Big Reek, along with Hampton Knight from the HU Pirate Ship. Hey man, we had a five and six finish. We exceeded expectations. <laughs> I guess. I guess we did. <laughs> yeah. So on this episode, we will review the 2023 football season and talk about uh, everything about it. Um, we will also talk about 2024 needs, uh, talk about some HBCU football uh, notes, um, share thoughts on the athletic department, and then talk about uh, the Delaware Blue Hens and as they head to Conference USA. Uh, 2025 so let's get to it um this year the football team finished five and six they were finished they tied 11th in the caa and they were predicted to finish 15th out of 15 teams so i guess did exceed expectations um they were three and five in the conference uh they finished game finished the game on a two-game losing streak uh they were one and four at home which is interesting Two and two away and three two and zero oh at a neutral site. So I know you. We talked about that William and Mary game. I was at the Elon game. Boy, what a letdown! I don't know what happened there, but uh, it was a it was a, a meltdown um, across the board. Um, but Elon, that was a very nice facility. I have to get him props. Nice facility, nice game day experience. It was well done, well put together, but it was a sad for the Pirates fans who were there. Pretty People were pretty upset, man. It, it was kind of wild to watch. But um, we'll talk about the good, the bad, as we always do. Um, so we talked about uh, expectations. I had them going four and seven. Uh, yeah, what, yeah we, I think we were both close to having them having going four yeah. and seven at the start of the season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we had us uh, beating both Grambling and Norfolk State, but losing to Howard. So yeah, four and seven. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Um, yeah. So, so I guess that is good, right? Yeah, five and six, but not over five hundred. So I yeah. guess baby steps. Um, the team was second in rushing, um, so they ran the ball extremely well. Second in rushing in the in the conference, they had two hundred sixteen yards per game rushing, and five point three five yards per rush. And uh, let's see, also second in field goal percent. They were seven of eight for the season. Um, second best at protecting the passer. The off, off, so basically, this all boils down to the offensive line blocked extremely well, uh, running yeah. the ball. And when they had to pass, Zealous usually had time to throw. And they yeah. only gave up 15 sacks. And yeah. they were second in the uh, red zone offense in the CAA. So when they got close, they usually did something with it and scored. So, yeah, um, yeah the offense uh, line did well, rushed the ball well, protected the passer well. The running backs um, um, had, you know, some games where they both were at or near 100 yards per game. Um, what else, man? Anything else? Anything else to point out from a superlative uh, perspective? I don't know. I would say Elijah Burris, you know, that guy was a straight beast. <laughs> um, I think he had about 837 yards. Uh, no, 814 uh, uh, 
814 yards, six touchdowns, as long as it was a 93 yarder. And I think we all remember that one. Um, Darren Butts, you know, followed closely behind at 670 yards and Christopher, Chris Zellis at 559 yards, you know. So, you know, running the ball was never the issue with this offense, you know, and pass blocking was never the issue with this offense. So the offense was actually, I would say, pretty pretty decent for the most part of the year. Now, passing, um, I think Zellis uh, had um, – uh, 1,497 yards passing, 13 touchdowns, and uh, 14 picks. <laughs> when you throw more interceptions and touchdowns, and you know, I mean, that's not good. That means it shows, I would say, his level as a uh, development as a passer. He's mainly, uh, uh, you know, a read option guy, you know, uh, or in our in our days, it would be a a an action guy like uh like the Notre Dame wing T guy. So so I would just say that uh for the most part um the offense um the offensive line did their jobs they uh created holes for both butts bear um Burris and um the new kid Robinson you know these kids you know they really came on strong this year. Um as far as passing is concerned you know I, I mean receiving I would say, you know, Copeland. I think is this Copeland's last year? Uh no, he should have one more year. Sure, have one more year. He, uh, uh, you know, 453 yards, two touchdowns, you know. You know, he's speed them. He's more of a special teams guy. Uh Paul Woods, you know, he kind of I wish we could have gotten him more involved within the offense, you know. But then there's a lot of guys who I thought I would have seen uh like uh a larger, I would say. Uh, presence, which would uh, have been Tamari Gray, you know, because he was such a big get for us, you know, and um, some of the other guys like Tyler Thompson, you know, we've uh, we've uh, been, I would say, we've seen him enough, and he only got average, what, 23 yards for the year, you know, so that's just go, and we, we've seen him make some uh, pretty decent plays in the past, so that means I would say that the deficiency for the offense was definitely passing. And it was evident when it was long uh, downs where it was more than, I would say, difficult situations where it was uh, third and maybe more than eight. I think that's where uh, Zealous struggled mightily that year. And so these are just things I think we have to uh, keep in mind that, you know, this is things that they could not, I would say, overcome for most of the year. Um, he did have some like splash plays you know, some downfield the throws, but these were things that I think that were few and far in between. Now, as far as the, you know, what we saw the schedule, you know, we beat Grambling the first game. I think that was a, you know, it was a kind of a backyard game, you know, we're playing in our backyard and, you know, the crowd was familiar with us and, um, you know, that was that. Then, you know, the loss to Norfolk State, you know, I think we were so upset to the loss of Norfolk State by all the players being out, but, there's a reason. <laughs> There's a reason why them Joe that half of the starting lineups, or even more than half of the starting lineup, was on the sideline, and that to me was, you know, inexcusable. I mean, it's not about the loss, but if you if you're losing, if you if you have so many players out and it's not for injuries, then that's you know that's something else. Um, the Howard comeback, you know, yeah, it was you know you needed that comeback after such a letdown from the the first uh, uh, from the last week's game. And to be honest, I didn't even watch it because I was like, I could not have 
spare the thought to lose. So I did peek <laughs> at the score. I mean, I saw that we were down two touchdowns. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, old. yeah. And so, and then, I mean, I, you know what, to be honest, in the next week when we played Richmond, you know, I saw that Morgan State beat them, so it wasn't that much of a surprise. Then the loss to me to Campbell was the one I felt like, you know, if we could have got back, we would have played better. You know, Monmouth has always cleaned our clock, you know, when we played them in New Jersey. Uh, the loss of Delaware to at home, embarrassing, but, you know, Delaware is, I would say, a season program. And, you know, they were talking about just because Hampton's here, we want to leave. Yes, no worries. Bye. Go ahead. <laughs> You're not Appalachian State. Trust me. <laughs> People don't look at you like they look at uh, uh, a Georgia State, which was in your same circumstance. They don't look at you like they look at Old Dominion, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're good at lacrosse, though. Yeah, so enjoy. Um, North Carolina um, State, you know, I'm anti. That to me, you know, that was, you know, we needed that win. Maine, you know, that to me, that was that was another good one. The William and Mary game broke my heart, man. Mm. I think that just like I said, when Zealous called that audible and they knew exactly what it was and it resulted in a fumble, I feel that just took all the energy out of the players, all the pride, all the momentum. And they just went on to score just multiple points. You know, so that was just a game that you lost based on pride. And, and then you let your pride really slip when you played Elon last. So, you know, those were – it was an up-and-down season, you know. But if this was what you consider a success, despite – the, you know, the issues with the program, and I'm not, not talking about the football, but the issues from the previous regime, then this, this was a success. <laughs> LOL. Yeah, I mean, you know, when, I, I guess, yeah, we could jump into the bad. We'll, there's a couple uh, superlative other things we like to talk about. Oh, yeah, but we what, forgot. But, what, what, but here's the thing, like, some of the, the games were like, uh, when we lost – we lost bad. I mean, you know, yeah. there's never like a good way to lose, but William yeah. Mary was a heartbreaker. Elon, yeah. I mean, man, it's it, it's almost like they ain't come to play on that one. Nah, they was ready to go. Delaware, forty-seven to three. Yeah, Monmouth, sixty to ten. So when we lose, it's grand. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, but that makes it hard to watch. You know, like that that was you know you get all geared up and. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was something that was unfortunate. I guess one other, one last thing, you know, there were some good individual accolades on, on yeah. the good side. So, yeah. uh, we had question Townsville, who's been our favorite from day one. Woo! Um, yep. He was, uh, Don't second team, all big, miss him huge. Um, yeah. all CAA recognition, second team, uh, Brandon Hardy who was silent, man. They didn't talk about him much throughout the year, yeah. but. Um, I wish we had yeah. grades for the lines. We would have known, but yeah. he was, um, uh, let's see, second team offense uh, at yeah. offensive line, at center. And Elijah Burris, even though he had some injury issues, missed a couple games, he still made third team uh, rushing uh, for the Pirates. So, I mean, he was, when they had him, you know, when he was missing, you felt it. And the team, yeah. uh, he kind of puts the whole team on his shoulders with with his running game. So yeah. we really missed him. Uh, you mentioned a, a couple guys. Just we're gonna miss. I also we should shout out the Titans, Evan King and TK Pasolas. Yes. Yeah. Hey, those look, those two guys right there. They really helped us at Grambling State and uh, the A and T game. 
you know, they were really instrumental in, you know, just A, blocking, and B, out there in the passing game. They ate up space, ate up defenders, and they were huge targets for Zealous. Yep, yep. So, yeah, they, they did extremely well, and they'll be back next year if all goes mm-hmm. well. Um, yep. so also shout out to Jordan White, number 25. Yeah. Um, he, he played well. I Oof. hope he has some more eligibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. transfer from yeah. um James Madison. Yeah. Um, good so guy. We, good guy. Yeah. yeah. So we probably missed some guys too because there was a lot of yeah. people in and out, but yeah. Um, yeah. So those are some of the positive things. You mentioned mm-hmm. a couple things with the schedule, but I guess just overall, man, like you said, the passing offense was bad. And the passing yeah. defense was bad. So yeah. here's two one, one stat that just stood out for me. So mm-hmm. the defense was last in sacks. Yeah. Uh, they had nine sacks all year. Yeah. Yeah. And Albany, who was first, they had 42 yeah. sacks. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a huge disparity. Like, you can't we, – we said even before we started playing in the CA, you got to have game changers – uh, in a, in your front seven, especially on a D line, and then we were minus six turnover margin. Um, yeah. So those are, those are two things that really stood out to me. A lot of other things you missed, but anything else to really point out, man? That 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 was bad. It was such yeah. an up and down season, man. You know what? No, I would just say definitely uh, we could not put a, uh, put pressure on the uh, on the quarterback. Um, I, I mean, this is not a bad, but. To see Townsell, Falk, and King go, oh man, yeah, that's gonna yeah. hurt. That's, that's gonna hurt. Um, I, I just felt that um, a lot of the times when plays broke down, um, it was more so like the William and Mary game when that quarterback got out on that edge, and a lot of the times, you know, those receivers, you know, once they were going to those scramble drills, you know, and it was more than just William and Mary. It was a lot of those type of plays that create, you know, a lot of rack yards, you know, run after catch yards. So those are things that, you know, I wish that we did better on that um, the whole the whole season. Yep, 100%, man. Um, so, yeah, up and down season, offense was passing offense, struggled, defense passes, deep passing defense struggled, and uh, I think that kind of set the table. Yeah, what are your general thoughts on year two in the CAA and, like, heading into – year three, like, you know, compare, and I not necessarily comparing to the MEAC, but how do you feel, you know, watching these teams, going to the games, you know, what's your thoughts on the CA? Yeah. You know what? It's just kind of, I mean, to be honest, it's really no, there is a difference between, there isn't really no difference between the uh, CAA and the Big South, just like going to the games wise, you know, I would say the, the, you know, the, appreciation by i would say like this in the big south and the caa you see a different level of fandom uh it's just a little bit different um is there are there some attendance increases yeah absolutely from the opposing fan bases but you know it's not like nothing i would say it's like truly different i would say that competition wise you know it is uh it has increased um I would say that uh, at first I would think that the quarterback play would be a lot better. But, you know, when we saw William and Mary's quarterback, you know, we're like, oh, he's just as, you know, as inaccurate as ours. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but the thing was, I think the difference was 
his intangibles, I felt that were much better than what we have at our, um, with our quarterback, you know, like uh, whenever a player broke down, you know, he still kept his eyes downfield and he just could get that. He could find that third receiver who's just lurking somewhere. So these are the things that I think that, you know, I would say that we are missing. And I think there's certain things that I think we caught up on. And it's like the tight ends, you know, we got some big guys that could catch in Passat and King, you know, those are things I was like, oh, okay, we did that. The offensive line play, we, we did that. Yep. Now the defensive line play, we lost that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just got like um, space eaters up there on the yeah, GL, but not like, yeah. You Not know. guys who can get to the QB. You know, right. those are guys that plug, you know, gaps. Um, now, it's interesting, you know, it's because I was thinking like, okay, I feel like just looking at our DBs, you're like, okay, they actually, you know, they're transfers or they look the part. But then when you look at the other DBs, you know, they, I mean, were they better? I don't think so. I just think that situationally other teams felt like they had more of an advantage on us. Nine situation. Seconds. Nine sacks. Yeah, nine sacks, yeah. And so, you know, I would say situationally, I felt like, you know, programs are different in the CAA and the Big South as compared to the MEAC. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, what I'm hoping is that this team was five and six. Maybe next year they can manufacture three more wins. That would put them at like eight and three or somewhere seven, four. That's enough to get into the playoffs. But they gotta yeah. uh they gotta fill in for Falk, King, and um Townsell, you know, who I think probably two of those guys are probably gonna get looks at the next level. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot, a lot too. I'm just saying, like for the CAA and what like the team looks like there. Yeah, I I, I echo everything you said, but the I guess the benefit of being here is that you can get to the playoffs. And if somehow they can pull out two or three more wins, then they'd be like there or on the precipice. So uh, can they get there? We shall see. But like you said, they got to replace all the linebackers. They got to mm-hmm. find a dynamic defensive lineman or two. Um, I think they need more depth at running back. I think Butts is, uh, is graduating. Yeah. 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 They need another quarterback. Sometimes Zealous looks like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then sometimes, man, I, I mean, he's, he's a, by no, all accounts, he, a smart yeah. dude and capable, but, yeah. you know, he just needs more snaps. But, you know, if he has some of these lapses like what's happened here, you know, hopefully there's another option to push him or, you know, go another direction. So, you know, yeah. Prunty, he's got to find a, another quarterback to, to at least yeah. push Zealous. Um, yeah, yeah. Give him some competition. Yeah. And they got to do something on the defensive side of that coordinator. I think some of it's a talent thing uh, mm-hmm. just for the way they the scheme. Like, you know, like when I'm watching these other teams run this, you know, just a rant, man. I'll never get used to these three down linemen and like three linebackers. Yeah. Like, I just, I, yeah. I but at least when I'm watching other teams run it, their yeah. ends are dynamic. Yeah, and even yeah. if they're bigger, they can still hold their spot and get to the yeah. passer. Like our guys, yeah. like more like we had last year. These yeah. guys are just big, yeah, which is yeah. good at stopping a run. But when you pass, man, it's yeah, yeah, it's rough. So hopefully they can get either some new dudes or a coordinator who can you know take advantage of what what they do have. And because I know they got co coordinators, but yeah, it went good. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't good. Yeah. Productivity yeah. wasn't good. Yeah. On yeah. The defensive side. 
Well, you're right. Um, I definitely agree that we need um we definitely need to get um um I would say a quarterback to either push or um the push zealous or to you know eventually take the um take the helm because we need uh we need a guy who could if he has those wheels similar to about Val- zealous I love that if he has the arm you know to uh I would say be able to increase the touch uh touchdown uh total from 13 to 20 you know I would or to to Cut the interception numbers in half from 14 to 7. No, I definitely uh, appreciate that as well. So um, definitely that. Also think we need another speed back, you know, similar to what we had with Butts, you know. Daniel. That's my son. You want dinner? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll get you dinner in a moment. Okay. And um, <laughs> no. I would say um, if we had another speed back like um, like a butts, you know, I definitely would appreciate that. But I also think we need we need we need some some. I, I like Woods, but if we, if we could uh, develop some of the guys that we have on you know on the roster on the offense with you know whether whether it's Tyler Thompson, Kamari Gray, um, some of the other guys, you know, um, uh. uh uh, yeah, um, Armand Vincent, you know, Ahmad Ross, you know, some these are um, uh, Abe, ooh, I don't even know how to pronounce that guy's name, number 88. Mm-hmm. 80, you know, some of these guys that you know on the roster, if we can able to uh, to to coach them up, then you know, these are things that I think we could do, and then and then um, uh, find somebody out of the portal. So, but we definitely need some dogs on that defensive line because. When we lost more, <laughs> oh God, yeah. it was rough. You know, I, I knew we knew it was going to happen, but um, definitely some defensive line help, some new linebackers because we lost some really good ones. Um, secondary help, so the defense is going to need a lot. Defense just kind of needs like a piece here, a piece there. So hopefully, the focus more on the defense. Yep, true, one hundred percent. So yeah, man, that's uh, our breakdown of the season. Uh, let's uh speed up. So one thing you want to talk about, uh, we we've been having some a lot of conversations about the athletic department, and like we talked about it on the last podcast about you know just the way the programs are feeling, and you know some folks reached out to us and <laughs> mm-hmm. just to lend some some context to why things are the way they are. So we do mm-hmm. have a lot of information about what's going on there. Uh. Change is coming, but there's so much to to clean up and get right. So yeah. I know what's your <laughs> thoughts on it, man. I like I don't want to. You go first. More. You go first. You go first. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was fully on display um, with uh, Norfolk State. Like we lost that game because of compliance issues, and it seemed like from what we heard, the folks, the previous regime, really dropped the ball, and they're really trying to get some things straightened out and you saw it all come to a head at Norfolk State. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We also have Jordan Nesbitt uh, still missing uh, from the Pirates. That's also around compliance. So yeah. whoever was in charge of that really sucked at it. Um, yeah. So they're trying to clean all that up. And I think that is once you see those compliance things cleaned up, I think you'll see the general performance of all the teams get cleaned up generally. But that, that's my PC way of saying it. There's a lot to clean up, and you've seen it come 
uh, to fruition by people who aren't available. So, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. So, any any other thoughts? Is that it? Is that the best way to say it without? Saying That's the best much? way to say it. I just kind of add my little spin to it. Um, I'll say this for all the alums out here who reached out to us. Where were you a decade ago? Where were you two years ago? Where were you a decade ago or two decades ago? You know, we've been doing this for a long time. We have never heard from you up until now till you hear about the new athletic director who is a Hamptonian who played under Coach Joe Taylor. <laughs> and, you know, so it, he's more Hampton than all of you guys. So, you know, lose me with the, oh, well, oh, I've heard this. I've seen that. No, you haven't. You just only hearing about it because the Virginia pilot has been uh, posting that. So let me say this and put it to you like this. And he, I mean, A.D. Henderson is is doing a kick-ass job, you know, putting this thing back together. And I don't like to place blame on a single person, but – I will just say that the way that this department has run has been ran on, I would say what uh, the old folks in the South say, you know, and I'm from, I'm Southern, is it was a titlin circuit. And he came in here and it's like, oh man, we ain't doing it like this no more. And of course it's going to ruffle feathers, you know, he, you know, he has a vision, him, um, him and President Williams have a vision and they're going to stick with it. And it's going to take some time. And I will say this too, it is running a lot smoother now, you know. Yeah. And if you look at, if you're gonna look at the directory from a year ago, <laughs> yeah, and you see it now, then you are, then you should know, you know, it's running a lot smoothly. And I'll say this too, that Norfolk State game, <laughs> who works there now? And I'll just leave it at that too. But at the end of the day, Hamptonian alums, the ones who follow us, the one who listen, well, the ones who follow us, they understood. Yeah. It's the ones who listen to us who have no clue. It, like, let me explain it to you. It ain't got nothing to do with the brother that's in there right now. He's the one that walked in here and and is kicking behind. And um, he's doing he's he's basically doing what hasn't been done for two decades. So just let him work his magic. And I would say this too. There are a lot of things that uh, that you probably don't even know about that he has fixed before even ever came out. And if that ever came out, I'm sure you probably up in arms. And you can't put that on him. You gotta you if you were if you think about it, compliance issues come from times where things haven't been done and it takes the in the NCAA is a slow oil tanker. It, they are not going to find stuff immediately. It takes a long time for them to find stuff. So the fact that they're finding stuff that goes back a long time, that's before this brother's tenure. So he has to act swiftly and do exactly everything to the T. And that's what he is doing. And that's what he has done. So at the end of the day, give him some slack. Let him build what he wants to build. That's it. Yeah, our last I'll say is that I think it's incumbent upon him to draw some distinctions between his uh, administration and previous ones because, to yeah. as you say, the people that are just like waking up, it's like, hey, we still <laughs> we still losing, we still struggling. So you know, to put, let but let folks know like here's what the difference is, and like you said, just look at the directory and see you know who's being hired and what we're looking yeah, for. So absolutely. 
Yeah. And plus, and plus, it's like, how if I mean, if you just start, you can't just come in here and just start letting people go. You know what? Like you saw what happened at the Carolina Panthers with David Tepper just letting letting Frank Wright go after eleven games. Who's gonna? And then was cursing in the locker room after the game. Who in their right mind is gonna cope? Who wants to be a head coach under that? So no, there's a certain decorum that you have to do. So let the man do his job, and he's doing it. Yep, that is true. Um, so uh, last thing, I know we all got to run. Um, HBCU football notes. I just thought it was uh, <laughs> Central lost to Richmond in open round of playoffs. Central was yeah. playing extremely well until uh, their their quarterback got hurt. I think that changed the whole game. They couldn't yeah. play complimentary football. Just my thoughts about that, though. Like they took it to Richmond, and yes. uh, early on, and. I think it's they've played a lot of CAA teams, a lot of out, of out of conference teams. And I think as we continue, we, including us, continue to play uh, CAA teams and uh, teams uh, outside of HBCU world, uh, we'll get better. You know, there's no there's no more illusions. You learn about what it takes. You learn about what you need to compete early on instead of like back in the day when we used to lose to CAA teams in the playoffs. We only had one game against them, you know, in that mm-hmm. season. Now you yep. got four or five, you know what I mean? Yep. So I think you're going to start seeing a lot more competitive games from HBCUs against uh, the likes of CAs, you know, going up. I mean, hopefully they'll win one of these games uh, in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, that was interesting. And last I'll say, uh, unless you have something about that, University of Delaware is heading to the Conference USA in 2025. So <laughs> there will be more churn in the CAA is, is pro, as a result of that in all likelihood. So uh, sit tight. Yeah. So. I would just, I would just say this though, um, with the in, um, North Carolina central loss to Richmond, um, what the coach said after the game, how he said he thought the players were more uh, uh, let down that they were not playing the celebration ball. That's an interesting perspective, you know? Yeah. And I remember when Rod Broadway, when they asked him about these playoffs and how he said all the players wanted to be in the Celebration Bowl rather than play in the playoffs. And I mean, but it's interesting talking to some athletes who wanted to play in the playoffs. They're like, oh, no, we want to play in the playoffs. So I think that sometimes that what Celebration Bowl can provide and visibility in the play, what is what the playoffs don't. And, you know, but as an athlete, you know, I'm sure a lot of them want to compete. So, I mean, it's competitions on, on either either way around, you know, whatever you want to call it. You know, whatever you feel is uh, a championship to you, you know, whether it is a Celebration Bowl or a national title, then, you know, then so be it. But at the same time, though, uh, I felt that uh, just watching the game that North Carolina Central winning, winning loses by their quarterback and the fact that that quarterback you know was nicked up then I would say it it did hinder them and then Richmond just ran away with it and uh, and I would say the defense the defense had to have tried to help them out somewhat and but it just didn't happen and as far as uh University of Delaware going to conference USA in uh 2025 good bye you're not Appalachian State you're not Old Dominion you're not Georgia State or Georgia Southern. You know, those are programs that, you know, I would say probably have a little bit more funding than you. I mean, I would say this with University of Delaware. You are the flagship of Delaware. Delaware is it. 
you know. So not, not too many people are really checking for you guys. Good luck, and I hope it works out for you. You know, I mean, I really do. And, I mean, don't throw shade at other folks, you know. Yeah, I mean, we, we are who we are, but go ahead. Go let somebody slap you around and call you Susan in the Conference USA. Can't wait to see you guys play Penn State. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, one last thing I'll say is that uh, there was a good article I read in The Athletic last week, and there are some huge changes coming at the FBS level that is yeah. going to reverberate across all of NCAA. It basically yeah. boils down to the fact that the FBS – they're going to have to start paying their athletes like straight up. Yeah. And yep. there's a court case winding through, which is going to not be in their favor. So yeah. going forward, they're going to keep getting sued. So they're going to have to pay. So mm-hmm. that's going to change everything. And maybe, uh, but there's going to be money there too. You look at all these TV contracts. Um, maybe Delaware wants a piece of that, but uh, there's going to be so much change. And I think, you know, that somehow is factored into uh, their decision, but but good luck to them. I mean, <laughs> well, it won't be missed. I just think it was interesting. Like there goes in their neighborhood all that talk from a couple weeks ago. Now yeah. that a couple HBCUs have joined or are th- thinking about joining, it's like it's time to go. So, yeah, uh, yeah interesting. But um, hey, man, so, uh, I appreciate it. And, no worries. Uh, we'll probably be back. Like maybe uh. At spring ball or something like that to see, you know, no, what recruit we come in before that. Yeah, we'll do a little basketball, but y'all gotta start winning though. Yes. I mean, it's two and four. You know, I mean we play UMBC tonight and I know we got uh some other program. I forgot, like someone else. And yeah. But yeah. I, we if we hopefully we can uh, do well against uh, UNBC Terriers. That's who they are. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll so, be back to talk some some hoops pretty soon. Yeah. But until then, go Pirates. Peace.